What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Showcase Sports Show. I am your host, Griffin Conant. Alongside me, as always, my partner in crime, Elijah Cornejo. How you doing, E? I'm doing all right, Griff. I know we took a pause in uh, getting some episodes out uh, due to I got really sick. So uh, <laughs> You did. I, I've never seen anyone get more sick in my lifetime, I, I will say. But I'm glad you're feeling better. You were... Uh, in good spirits this morning to do this podcast, and we have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be back and healthy again. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of things going on in college football, the NFL, obviously, with Championship Weekend coming up, and some breaking news stories out of the MLB with some free agent signings and a very special GM firing that we're going to get oh, into. Oh, well, you know, just when you thought it couldn't be worse to be a New York Mets fan, this stuff happens. After a huge trade, after they, you know, acquire... Francisco Lindor in that just blockbuster trade. Jared Porter, the general manager of the New York Mets, under fire for some very suspicious text messages to a fellow employee in the Mets organization four years ago. Not a good look for Jared Porter. What are your thoughts on that, E? I mean, just kind of a whole tobacco there over there in New York. Yeah, quite a brutal situation over there for the Mets. As usual, you know, they finally bring this Jared Porter guy in and within a month of him being the general manager makes a like you had said the blockbuster trade for Lindor and now they were in talks for Chris Bryant and some other big name um, you know players to trade for what a hit to the organization but you know what that's really kind of irrelevant in my opinion because this Jared Porter guy did some really awful <laughs> things he so, did you know it's it's good that he's been taken accountable for what he's done and that situation has been handled but tough situation for the Mets there yeah and, and you know for everyone who just doesn't know of the situation over there in New York and who isn't aware of what happened with general manager Jared Porter he pretty much was sending explicit and unsolicited texts and images to a female reporter in 2016 and uh, this woman, she was a foreign correspondent who had moved to the United States, E, to cover Major League Baseball. So she was pretty much, you know, moving her entire life, you know. She's never been to the U.S. just for Major League Baseball, trying to make a career in journalism, covering Major League Baseball. And she uh, was pretty much sent more than 60 messages from Jared Porter, including some uh, very scandalous pictures that... Uh, Boy, let me just say, not a good look for Mr. Porter there, and, uh, you know, eventually led to his firing. He's only been the GM since December 13th, so, you know, he was in his dream job for only about a month before all this stuff went down. They, the texts kind of just kept getting worse and worse. They were ranging from, you know, you're so pretty to him questioning her if she had a boyfriend or not. Uh, and then he started sending weird selfies. I, they they kind of looked like these like weird frat boy selfies that Jared Porter kept sending. I mean, he has like a weird like headband on. And I wish we could really show you guys what this picture looked like because it's just so just ridiculous in, in nature. Yeah, and then and then you know that kind of ended up leading to Mr. Porter sending these unsolicited pictures of his bulge area and kind of his genital area. So not a good look for Jared Porter right now. He has lost his job. This is just an outrage. Uh, man, our, our thoughts are going for that woman in baseball who's actually, she's not even working in baseball anymore. So who knows if these 
kind of just developments prevented her from making it in the journalism world, or maybe she didn't even want to pursue that uh, kind of career anymore. So just a terrible story. Jared Porter blew it. I can't even believe that something like this kind of happened. I mean, I mean, he's, he was just seen asking things like, you're so pretty, do you have a boyfriend yet? It can be me. I mean, just weird, creepy texts from Jared Porter coming out of New York. That guy is officially a sicko. So uh, glad that he got fired, and hopefully uh, this poor woman can move on with her career and maybe even rebound back in the sport of baseball. Um, you know, that's just a real damn shame. So good for the Mets for nipping this in the bud, and they're coming out and saying that they don't take any of this lightly and any news of this stuff. Um, you know, they will handle accordingly, and they seem to have done so. So good for the Mets. Too bad for Jared Porter. That's what he gets for being that kind of person. So I mean, dude, buy a clue, man. I mean, this is unbelievable. The more I look into this, the more just disgusted I am by it. I mean, he goes, which picture do you like the most? Want to see more? Question mark, question mark. About five hours later, he says, hello, beautiful. With like 10 O's in that hello. And then 90 minutes after that, he goes, is it too much for you? Two hours later, where did you go? Nearly three hours after that at 2.03 a.m., he says, I'm bored. So, I mean, he just can't buy a clue. This reminds me of kind of like the, the weird, like, high school kid who, like, just won't leave, like, the pretty girl alone. And he just keeps sending her weird texts, and it's just getting real out of hand and creepy. And it's like, all right, dude, time to back off. You're, you're definitely coming off as a creeper. Uh, that's This is exactly the same situation with Jared Porter, and he just happened to be the GM of the New York Mets for about a month. And, uh, hey, hey, he manufactured some pretty big moves in New York, though. Got to credit him with that, but man, his uh, time in New York, not very long, and it's unfortunately going to tarnish his image forever. You know, Griff, listening to you explain the story and kind of what's going on, it's reminding me of watching a To Catch a Predator episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting I, those vibes, like this guy, he belongs right with those uh, sick group of people. So Yeah, it's it's a real shame, you know, and I, uh, apparently she wa- uh, was kind of going along with it just so she, you know, she didn't want to kind of go public with it to affect her career. But she did eventually reach out to Jared Porter, and uh, she ended up saying, this is extremely inappropriate, very offensive, and getting out of line. Could you please stop sending offensive photos or message? And uh, he actually did respond by saying in a series of messages, oh, I'm sorry, I will stop, I, r- I really apologize, please let me know if you ever need anything work-wise. But then the next day he texted again, I'm sorry, and then a day later, he uh, he shared a photo from Dodger Stadium saying that this it was the last message that Porter did send, but he did see her at Wrigley Field like a couple years later and saying, hey, uh, was this you? I think I just saw you at Wrigley Field. Are you in Chicago right now? You're um, so beautiful. And yeah, so right after that and like wanting to meet up at the hotel and in L.A. He was at Dodger Stadium once saying, hey, I have the best hotel in America. Come meet me at my room. So just very weird, suspicious activity going on from Mr. Porter. What a slime ball. I can't believe my eyes from these texts. Uh, Just a huge story in sports, I feel like. Especially for an up-and-coming franchise like the New York Mets. I mean, I can't imagine just how what Mets fans are feeling like and what uh, just kind of the whole Mets organization is feeling like right now. I mean, what a bunch of fools they look like right now. All right, Griff, let's drop right into the college football world. Uh, Some breaking news out of... Tennessee, the Volunteers, they have had quite a disastrous couple days here. They ended that's up, an understatement. I mean, I think that's just the whole sport, sports world right now. I mean, the last couple days has been insane. Yes, it, it really has been insane, but especially for Tennessee. Word coming out just a few days ago on January 18th, 
that they are firing their football coach, Jeremy Pruitt, after an internal investigation. While they did this internal investigation into these recruiting violations, they uh, found some pretty disturbing stuff going on within the football department. They had found out that multiple assistant coaches and even Jeremy Pruitt himself had been delivering McDonald's bags full of cash to recruits that are there on visits trying to get them to come to Tennessee. So these are pretty massive recruiting implications. You know, you're starting to see a lot of their committed recruits starting to obviously get a little flimsy on if they want to go to Tennessee or not. And, you know, Jeremy Pruitt was doing a pretty good job recruiting. They had the 15th highest recruiting class in the nation this year. And last year they came in at number 13, I do believe. Uh, Oh, no, they were actually number 10 last year. The year before that, they were number 13. So Pruitt has put together some pretty decent classes here for Tennessee. And, you know, they really liked Pruitt, even though he is coming off a 16 and 19 record as the Tennessee head coach. So they were able to fire him due to these recruiting violations that they found internally, like I had said, giving these players McDonald's bags full of cash. And so now the athletic director comes under so much fire for firing Pruitt that he ends up resigning. So now the University of Tennessee now does not have a head football coach and they do not have an athletic director either. So that program looks to be in some serious turmoil. The guy that they just promoted to the interim head coach has only been a Tennessee volunteer for two weeks, I believe. They just brought him in. So rough times over there in Rocky Top, especially after their basketball team, who is ranked in the top 10, just lost to the Florida Gators by a 26-point blowout this last weekend. So things are looking rough in Rocky Top. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty bad loss for Tennessee in basketball, too. I mean, they just had a tough day yesterday. I mean, that with the whole scandal going on. I mean, I, I do, you know, kind of, I'll give them a shout-out just for creativity, I guess, using McDonald's bags and putting that cash in the bags. I mean, hey, I, there's no Big Macs in those bags, but there was definitely cash in those bags. I do support their creativity, but, boy, not a good day to be a Tennessee volunteer. Not at all. Not a good day at all, and it does say right here in this article that um, everyone was quite alarmed at how much they tried to cover up uh, what was going on because they clearly knew their wrongdoing. So, um, I mean, obviously handing bags of cash to high school recruits is incredibly illegal. Not a good look. uh, Not a good look down there in Rocky Top for the Tennessee Volunteers, but, you know, me selfishly as a Florida Gators fan, I do enjoy this. Uh, Yeah, you you just must be on, like, cloud nine right now, E. It's been pretty great. After your illness, I mean, what a present. You just had to get through those couple days, get to, you know, obviously yesterday, Tennessee going in a spiral, downward spiral. They might have to, like, burn down the university after all of these this publicity and this news. Well, sounds, I mean, you must be in heaven. Well, it sounds like the Tennessee fans might burn it down themselves. Yeah. So. Well, they've been threatening to do that for years. I mean, they that football program has not been what it's been. I think their basketball program has probably been better than their football program's been. Yes. And then maybe their women's program. I mean, basketball program, I I don't know. Well, and, you know, so now you have to start looking at who is going to replace Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach. You could see a guy like Gus Malzahn, his name pop up, uh, some more big-name guys. This could inevitably be a blessing for the University of Tennessee because I don't even think even with these bags of cash, uh, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt was getting the job done there, only being 16 and 19 in his career. All right, E, let's switch gears to the gridiron. We had a big weekend this last weekend between just the all of championship weekend. We had the Bills moving on. Man, the, the buzz in Buffalo right now has been the highest it's ever been in nearly 25 years. Chiefs finding a way to win with Chad Henney. 
Coming into the game when Mahomes had that concussion, uh, he's actually still in that concussion protocol as we speak. He did practice today as of Wednesday, January 20th. But, wow, what a weekend it was. Tom Brady uh, kind of outlasting Drew Brees in that NFC divisional game. E, what do you like going into championship weekend? What teams impressed you the most? Well, I'll tell you what I did like from this last weekend. I made some money on the Buccaneers, that's for sure. You know, it's really tough to beat a team three times in the NFL season. You know, obviously, to be able to do that, you have to be a division opponent uh, and then meet up again in the playoffs. And that's exactly what happened between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the two old guys, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. This time, Drew Brees could not hold off Tom Brady, and they ended up losing to the Buccaneers. But, um, yeah, I really like the Buccaneers going into this game. You know, the final four, Buccaneers and Packers. In this game, the Packers are three-point favorites at home in Lambeau with the home field advantage. going to be a chilly 32 degrees, a little bit colder up there for Bruce Arians and that Tampa Bay squad. Griff, what do you think from this game here, the Buccaneers and the Packers? You know, it's going to be a toss-up. And, and like you said about the weather, it's, it's going to be a big factor for sure. I mean, right now we're, we're looking at kind of 32 degrees with a chance of snow in Lambeau. Uh, it's a freezing place, especially during the postseason up there in Green Bay. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to kind of find a way to overcome that, the, just the weather in general, and kind of overcome those things that might be preventing them from a Super Bowl appearance. But hey, what is this? Tom Brady's 15th conference appearance in That's in his crazy. in his career. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. I, I like the Buccaneers. I went on the podcast a couple weeks ago saying that that's my Super Bowl pick. I think the Bucks are going to win it. Tom Brady's going to go out on top, and he's going to retire after this year, hoisting his seventh Lombardi trophy, which is just outrageous. I mean, the, the fact that he's two games away from accomplishing that feat is uh, pretty remarkable. But, uh, you know, I think I, I will say it's, it is going to be a challenge for the Buccaneers in Lambeau just with the snow and the weather. But, I mean, the technology nowadays, you know, with the heaters on the sidelines and everything that they got going on uh, just on the sidelines during an NFL game, I, I wouldn't be too worried for the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty even playing field, especially with no fans in the stands for this 2021 NFL postseason. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that's a huge factor, even though it is going to be freezing. But I, I do like the Bucks edging out the Packers on, uh, on Sunday in the NFC title game. I'm with you here. I like the Buccaneers on the road as well. Let's not forget that Tom Brady played in... New England. It's right. cold as hell up there, too. So he's used to the cold weather. He'll be fine. You know, like you said, he's looking for a seventh ring. And, guys, let's just be honest here. We are living in the Michael Jordan era of football right now. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback, the greatest player of all time in football history. And I believe, like you said, Griff, he's going to continue to show that. He's going to beat the Packers here on the road and go to the, his, I believe, 10th Super Bowl? I think this is his 10th, yeah. I believe uh, this 10th is 10th or 11th. Or, yeah. I will say, though, real quick, you know, I would not be shocked if the Packers win this game. I would not. They're obviously favorite. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the best player in football this season. So I, I think, you know, just what he's been doing, I mean, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, almost 4,500 yards through the air this season. I don't know. It, it's going to be – I could totally see the Packers coming away with a win. But I, I'm telling you, the Bucks. it's Tom Brady. He finds a way to win. Aaron Rodgers hasn't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. It's kind of like Drew Brees. He just could not figure out figure out how to get back to the Super Bowl after winning his first. A lot of quarterbacks kind of have that issue. I mean, Russell Wilson hasn't won one since he threw a pick at the goal line, you know. It is so hard to win a Super Bowl, and it just it blows my mind at just how easy Tom Brady makes it look uh, it just to the rest of the world. And even without Bill Belichick, here he is right outside the doorstep knocking on the door 
he's trying to get that seventh Lombardi. It should be interesting. I'm not. I'm not sure if you heard what Bruce Arians came out and said, but uh, yeah, he, someone had asked Arians about how much they let Tom Brady coach. You know, how does does he call the plays? How much does he have really in control? And Arians came out and said. And I quote, I allow him to be himself. Like New England didn't allow him to coach, I allow him to coach. I just sometimes sit back and watch. So there you have it right there from Bruce Arians. And, you know, this is kind of just a different Tom Brady. And in a weird way, I believe that we've kind of seen him go through some growing pains of being in charge of his own offense. Uh, you know, with I believe he had two or three 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 interception games over the year and again i think that was just growing pains even though he is an old man nowadays uh you know he's going through it but we're seeing prime tom brady for this season uh you know obviously he's not in the prime of his career but this season he's playing his best ball right now i really think he's going to go take it to the packers up there in lambeau it'll be a matchup for the ages no doubt but i kind of want to get your take on the AFC Championship game. Uh, I think that is definitely an intriguing matchup, especially with kind of the status of Patrick Mahomes still kind of up in the air. Like I said earlier a few minutes ago, he did practice today. Uh, He's still in that concussion protocol, but he was able to practice in a limited form today for the Chiefs. But if if the Chiefs roll out there with Chad Henney uh, as as their starting quarterback on Sunday, do you give them any chance to go to the Super Bowl and repeat as champions if Patrick Mahomes isn't on the field? If Patrick Mahomes does not play, in, you know, in which I think he will, I believe he's going to end up playing. But if he does not play, the Chiefs are going to have to establish the run game. You know, Le'Veon Bell is going to have to have a big day. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have to step up, uh, and they're going to have to be able to get their weapons the ball in space. If anybody is good at doing that and organizing this, it's Andy Reid. So I think they'll be okay. Now, I believe if Henny does play I think the Bills smack him around pretty good but I would not ever be shocked if the Chiefs did end up pulling off a win here Uh, but you know with Mahomes playing which I really do believe he's going to I believe that this is going to be the Chiefs game Griff how about you you know I'd agree with you I think the Bills would find a way to beat the Chiefs if Henny did start but don't count out Chad Henny I thought he was playing pretty decently well in that uh, divisional game versus the Browns I mean, he went 6-8, 66 yards. He did throw that kind of costly pick in the end zone that gave the Browns one more chance. But, uh, you know, the Browns decided to punt, which was kind of a questionable call, in my opinion, to punt kind of near midfield with only five minutes to go, punting it back to a Chiefs team that, you know, they have they have so many weapons no matter who's playing quarterback. I mean, it, for example, I mean, that last play of the game, they go for it on fourth down, the Chiefs at midfield. I mean, the guts that Andy Reid had, the balls that he had, to call that call, to make that play, just just to execute in general was unbelievable. So, you know, I think just the weapons that the Chiefs possess, it, it is almost daunting for any defense in the league. But, I, like, yeah, I mean, if Mahomes plays, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, the Chiefs are going to win this AFC title game. But, uh, you know, the Bills have had a special season. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So if Mahomes does play, what percent do you give the Bills to win? Uh, if Mahomes plays, I'll give him about a probably a 35% chance, I, I'd say. You know, it's going to be tough on the road. Uh, you know, just like all season long, no fans, of course. It's going to make uh, things easier for the road team just when you're calling plays in the huddle. Uh, you know, when Josh Allen's receiving a play call through his helmet, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot easier for him to hear these things. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would give him probably about a, about a 35% chance, probably. Okay, so I know I just said I'm taking the Chiefs, but I'm switching up here. 
I'm, I'm Are going you going with the Buffalo? Bills. I love the Bills. But are they going to go to the Super Bowl again? The let's, Buffalo Bills? Let's go Bills. Yep. I'm wow. Sean McDermott has the squad tuned up. Josh Allen okay. is looking like a phenomenal quarterback. So, uh, Grant, I still do think the Chiefs are going to win, but I'm rooting for Buffalo. Yeah. So, uh, Bills Mafia, baby. Let's go. But you're saying they will definitely win if Chad Henney is the starting quarterback? Yes, I would give Kansas City probably a 15% chance to win if Henny starts. Okay. Uh, I just think Buffalo is really good. Of course, the Chiefs are the reigning champs and are probably going to steal this game, but I think the Bills are right up there. I think they're definitely a top three or four team in football, that's for sure. Yeah. I guess if if you had to choose an X factor for this upcoming game, I, what who would it be? Uh, what kind of side of the ball kind of intrigues you the most? So my X factor for this Bills and Chiefs game, he's not actually a player. I have a coach here. Okay. I have Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator. All right. You know, he's been brought up in some head coaching opportunities here this year in the NFL. But Leslie Frazier, he's got a huge task ahead of him. Obviously, he's got a scheme against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So why I picked Leslie Frazier is because he has the his biggest job for the entire week is finding a way to absolutely limit Travis Kelsey at all costs. Obviously, they have a phenomenal cornerback in Tredavious White, who's probably going to get matched up with Tyreek Hill a lot, um, guys like that. But it's going to be really up to Leslie Frazier to be able to develop a plan to deal with Travis Kelsey. This is a direct quote from Frazier. He said, Nobody really shuts down Travis, as you mentioned. They do so many things to uncover him. We just have to work as hard as we can to contain him and not wreck the game with some of his plays underneath in zones and overtop our defense as well. So, this is a big task for Leslie Frazier. You know, he's got to get the linebackers involved. He's got to get the safeties going uh, and, and be able to draw up several different schemes that'll try to just contain Travis Kelsey. I think if they can tr- contain Travis Kelsey, I think the Bills have a very, very good shot of winning you know, this game. I think the only chance the Bills have is if Mahomes doesn't play. And I, and I think wow. once they name him the starter, I, I just the more we talk about this matchup and the more I look into it, I just don't I don't think they have a shot. I, and it's in the and the one reason that they're that they would have a shot is as if the def, the defense is just going to have to play unbelievable. They're going to have to force turnovers. They're going to have to get some uh, just some some sort of pass rush. Whether Leslie Frazier kind of orchestrates that through some blitz packages or you know just sends the house sometimes. I don't know. I, I think the the problem is with the Bills and just going through a matchup against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, especially Patrick Mahomes. He's one. He's probably the best quarterback against the blitz. In the NFL. That's why he's so good. The dude does not have a weakness. I mean, he's mobile. He has a cannon for an arm. Right now, his weakness is his concussion. And the Bills are praying like heck that he's not playing on Sunday. And it's trending like Mahomes is going to suit up for the Chiefs on Sunday and uh, play in that AFC Championship game. But real quick, too, I want to go back to their matchup earlier in the season. I believe it was week six, was it? Yeah, week six. Might have been week seven. Uh, in the NFL season, they did meet up and play. Uh, Chiefs got the best of the Bills during that matchup, 26-17. to It dropped the Bills to 4-2. and And ever since this loss, Buffalo has been on a mission. I mean, they've been just blowing teams out of the water since then. They've looked like a different team. So I'll, I am interested to see what Bills team shows up. Will it be the same team that played the Chiefs when they went down 26-17? to I mean, in this game, they gave up 466 total yards. 
Uh, they're definitely going to have to um, limit the Chiefs a little better in that department. And they're going to have to force more turnovers. They only forced one turnover in this matchup during the season. So it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to do dominate time of possession too. I think that's going to be a critical aspect of this AFC title game as well. If they can get a good run game going kind of just occupy the ball for most of the game. I think that'll keep the Chiefs off the field, especially if Mahomes plays. Well, and that's the best way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, just like that's the best way to beat Tom Brady, is you keep the ball out of his hands. Keep the ball on the ground and be able to turn the clock, you know? I think if Buffalo wins this game, which I, I do think they have a shot, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I, I'm talking it might be like 21-17, to 17, yeah. uh, you know, 20-13, to 13, somewhere in there. Um, but, man, I'm rooting like heck for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I am rooting so hard for Buffalo. I, it's just not even – I can't even put into words how, how badly I want them to win and see them go to the Super Bowl. Not only just because, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Chiefs, but I just want the Buffalo Bills to go to the Super Bowl. And, and, and just from, from what they have suffered – in the last 25 years, I mean, what a story it's been for the Buffalo Bills. What a magical run. It would be great to see him in the Super Bowl. I just don't think it's going to happen. So, Griff, you're telling me right now it's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. It'll be a Brady versus Mahomes Super Bowl. Yep, you, you got that right. All right, and for me, I believe it is going to be a Bills and a Buccaneers Super Bowl. So as much as I'd love to see Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, I am really rooting for the Bills. All right, Griff, so there is another developing headline in the NFL that's been going on for a few, I'd say probably about a week now. It's building. This drama is building. Deshaun Watson, where is he going to go? Is he going to stay in Houston? Is he going to get traded? What do you think? I think there is no way in hell that he ever suits up for the Houston Texans again. I, I, I think the damage has been done. Uh, he's been pretty vocal on Twitter, on social media, and also just in general. I mean, there's been reports coming out from uh, guys like Adam Schefter, some NFL insiders around the league that are saying that you know it's just not in the cards right now for Deshaun Watson to stay with the Houston Texans. So that kind of proposes the next question. Where is Deshaun Watson going to end up? What team is the best fit for him? And, and you know where can he go to kind of make a NFL franchise the next true contender? I mean, what do you think, E? Well, you know, first of all, I feel really bad for Deshaun Watson. He's really just gotten handed a really crummy situation down there in Houston, you know. They had the world's worst coach in Bill O'Brien, and he was an even worse of a GM. Right, right. Trading his only weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, and you know, like we had said before, there's a ton of stuff that is built up to this. Uh, you know, even with some of, like, the racial stuff with the owner and standing for the flag and all, all of that BS, it's all just combined into into Deshaun wanting to leave. I don't blame him. I think he's been mistreated there. They don't hear him out. And now they're doing everything they can to try to keep him. For example, Deshaun Watson, his one request from the offseason was to be in the head coach search and things like that. And they told him, oh, yeah, 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 you know, you'll definitely be a part of the search. He suggested that they interview the uh, enemy from the Chiefs, and they didn't. They said no um, and, and really didn't include him in the process. Now that he's come out publicly and said all of this, of course, now the Texans bring in Biennemi, try to keep Watson in Houston. But it, I just think it's way too late. I, I think they're going to end up trading him. And, and, you know, I think my number one contender for him to where I don't think they'll, they would pull this trigger. But then again, I don't know because they've been known to do it, is a, a very familiar trade partner for Houston. It's the Miami Dolphins. They have all of the trade pieces to do it. 
Um, and, you know, I think if they make this trade, they're going to be in the Super Bowl hunt. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm a big supporter of Tua Tagovailoa. I really love Tua. I think he's got the makings to be a good NFL quarterback. But how could you pass this up if you're Miami? If they want two first-round picks, if they want number three, and which is actually technically the Texans pick, if they want number three right. and number 18 right. and Tua for Deshaun Watson, if you're Miami, how do you say no? Your defense is already starting to get up there into the elite you know, area of the league. That offense is truly just missing stable quarterback play. And, you know, we saw that last year when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing very well with them. They were winning a lot of games. Even Tua, I believe, went 5-2 and two in the regular season. So, I don't know. I really think Miami is kind of the dream destination for him. But also, don't sleep on the Denver Broncos. I, I think they're, <laughs> you know, a match made in heaven as well. They seem to have a lot of the pieces there and ready to go they just hired a new gm george payton and he's done nothing but come out in his press conferences and say that he wants to be aggressive so i don't know it, it seems that pieces could be there in denver as well griff what do you think well let's just call it like it is shall we I, the houston texans are just a terrible rand franchise it's it, a poverty franchise. It's, they are a poverty franchise and they've been mediocre since their inception and back in 2002 into the league when you trade your franchise cornerstone the face of your team the face of your franchise when you trade his number one weapon for pretty much a bag of dirt it's just not a good look for the franchise and uh you know it's a shame that bill o'brien was had anything to do with that situation and that you know he happened to be the general manager and the head coach of that football team uh it almost felt like to me that he was just blowing up the team on the way out i mean he was he was bitter and angry and he just wanted Stick it to the Texans. So it's it's a shame to be a Texans fan right now. I, I, I feel for them. I feel for the city of Houston. But I don't feel for that franchise just because of how terribly it's ran. Uh, the owner over there in Houston has, has done a terrible job uh, since he purchased the team way back when. So it's just a nightmare in Houston. It truly is. But I'll, tell you, I'll give you a team that I think is going to be a really good fit for Deshaun Watson and kind of what he is all about. It's the New England Patriots. Can't you see it? Of course. Can't you see New England swooping in, pulling off some sort of trade with the Texans for Deshaun Watson? It's it's a match made in heaven. You know, he he's gets paired with Bill Belichick, Deshaun Watson, and, uh, you know, they start to build that roster around him. Before you know it, the Patriots are back into contention, and they're that team that everyone fears again. Uh, so I could see them maybe make it. That'd be a good fit for Deshaun Watson with the Patriots. Of course, teams like you've said, the Dolphins, Broncos also kind of stand out. Maybe some other teams like, uh, I don't know, the Vikings, maybe? There are two teams, actually, that are kind of on my sleeper poll that yeah. I really I do Yeah, I mean, like. I know they're... Are, are I, they still hung up on Kirk Cousins? I, they well, might be with that huge contract. But I, I don't see Minnesota getting into play, but I do like Carolina. Carolina. I, I think Carolina could definitely be in play. Yeah, I could see that, too. So there are a handful amount of teams uh, who, you know, are interested in Deshaun Watson. I think, you know, most teams are. I think the whole league probably, you know, would welcome the fact of having Deshaun Watson as their quarterback and their kind of centerpiece for many, many years to come. I mean, the guy, the kid is 25 years old, right? I mean, he is still has a good decade of good football left in him. Uh, and, you know, it's just, just it's just such a mess. And I, I just do not see him staying in Houston. I really don't. And it's it's sad, too, because he did sign that huge contract back in September, the, the four-year $156 million extension. And, you know, that was with promises from the Houston organization that they were going to build around him and that they were going to do everything in their power to uh, just make that team into a contender. And they didn't go through on their promises. And that's what happens when you have a star player in, in, in any league when you don't make – 
the effort to build around him and, and put in that effort to make that team better, he is going to leave because there is another team out there that will make that happen for him. You know, it's just a real shame, too, because a lot of times you'll end up seeing players, like you were just saying, wanting to leave, but it's not necessarily for football reasons or whatever. Like, for example, when Carmelo Anthony left the Denver Nuggets way a long time ago, right? He didn't leave because the Nuggets sucked. He, right. he left because he wanted to be in New York. He wanted to be in the Big Apple, right? Deshaun Watson is not that kind of dude. He does not want to leave because he hates the city of Houston. He wants to leave because they're just not winning and they're not allowing him to be a part of the process like he should be. Right. Now, here's a weird thought, and I want to run this by you and see what you have to think about this. Because I was thinking about this the other day. What if this could be one of the, those times where we almost see an like an NBA sort of trade where it's a three-team trade, okay? And I was thinking right. about this scenario the other day. Houston sends Deshaun Watson to San Francisco, okay? He goes to San Francisco. Could, that's another team that right. I could definitely see acquiring so, Deshaun, yeah. The, the Niners get Watson, okay? Then the Niners trade Jimmy Garoppolo back to New England. Yeah, that was interesting. So I like that because, and this could be a weird, like I was saying, three-team trade between Houston, New England, and San Francisco. Watson goes to the Niners. Garoppolo goes back to New England because, you know, they love him up there, especially yep. Bill Belichick. And then, you know, in in Houston, they'll just get a mass load of draft picks because if you add that third team in there, you're going to be – they're going to be a lot more willing to be able to deal, you, you know, their draft picks. For example, I'm sure New England would give up a one right. uh, first-round pick for Jimmy G. And, and obviously the Niners would probably have to give up quite a bit for Watson. So I could definitely see an NBA sort of trade working out here with Watson because it's it's not too often that you see a huge superstar like this right. get traded. And I, I got another team for you too as well. How about the Chicago Bears? Do you think there's any interest there between Deshaun Watson and, uh, you know, because he does have that no trade clause, a part of his contract right now. Uh, do you think he would be interested in, in a trade going to Chicago and playing for the Bears? I do because what quarterback would not want to play with that defense? Yeah. You know, and especially if they're able to re sign Allen Robinson, there's your number one target that, you know, you were missing in, in Hopkins. So, uh, you know, they ha they do have a lot of pieces there. You know, David Montgomery, they are able to establish running the ball. Chicago is a good fit. Now, I don't worry about Deshaun wanting to go there. I worry more about um, Chicago giving up the assets to go and get him. You know, is Ryan Pace really going to be like, Let's give up three first-round picks for this guy. I, I can't say that they would do that, but I think if they're ready to, to give it up for him, then that's going to happen. But you know what? I really think that Deshaun Watson might end up going to a contender because you know when you're feeling like you're just one piece away from a championship, you're more than likely able to give up those three first-round picks and be able to stomach it a lot more unless if you're like the Panthers where you feel like your team is just in a really crummy situation and you need those uh, first round picks to really be able to recuperate your team so I don't know I, I see him more going to a a contender well we got some even more quarterback drama just with all of the retirements that's going on uh, in the National Football League and trade rumors uh, Philip Rivers he's done he is retired the Philip Rivers formerly of the San Diego Chargers and now uh, the one-year rental player for the Indianapolis Colts he's done he's he's gone forever it's a sad day in the NFL. 
Uh, you know, we're really starting to lose out on a lot of these uh, legends that are retiring. These, I mean, Griff, you and I are only 22 and 23 years old, so this was our childhood, and well, these guys are going away now. It's, it's really sad. It feels like there's definitely a almost kind of a changing of the guard in, in, in the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position. A lot of these just big names who have been just kind of the, the front and center of the league for so many years, uh, they're kind of on their way out. Except Tom Brady, of course. Hey, that guy, he, he found the fountain of youth. He bathed in it. Pretty much, and he, he's he's been young ever since. I, I I always love looking at the Tom Brady, his like yearly time lapse that he has each season. Oh, uh, each, of each of each picture. season. Yeah. So so if you go back from like to his like rookie year back in like 2001 when he led the Pats to the Super Bowl win, when when Drew Bledsoe went out, yeah, he's like chubby and he's like kind of losing his hair, and it gets worse. So I mean, you go to, from 2001 to 2002. Uh, and then uh, to 2003 to 2004, he's like he's losing his hair. He's he's he kind of is chubby in the face, kind of like what you were saying. And then all of a sudden, you hit like 2005, 2006. He he's starting to grow out his hair. He's not balding anymore. Yeah, he must have you know been in contact with LeBron James about his hairline going away. But it, it almost looked like he he was pulling a Benjamin Button and he was aging in reverse. And oh. that's that's what Tom Brady is to me. And that you know everyone else is retiring, but Tom Brady is just getting younger. You know, uh, he really is just getting younger. This guy is aging like a fine wine. Like he I is. Said. I mean, I must say, there will never be another Tom Brady again. Someone like Tom Brady. It, it's just not going to happen. It, this is so rare what we're seeing. And, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, a majority of the, the quarterbacks in the NFL are probably playing a lot longer than they were 20 years ago. But there's just no way that we're ever going to see someone at this just peak of his game in this good of shape playing meaningful football this late into the year at the age of 45 years old or whatever Tom Brady is. I mean, he's pushing 50 at this point, and there's no end in view, it's, in it, sight. It's pretty wild to watch Tom Brady right now. He, he, he really is just still Tom Brady. It, it's crazy. He's playing the best football of the year right now with he Tampa. Is. So, and, you know, I'm really excited to watch him this weekend. You know, you better take a long look because this could be his last year as well. Another player who is on the verge of retirement. He has not officially announced it yet, but all the speculation is coming out pretty heavily. Drew Brees. And, and this one's really sad for me. I've loved watching Drew his entire career, you know, in New Orleans. And that, even definitely one of my favorite quarterbacks that I've ever, you know, watched in the Nothing. league. And growing up, watching Drew Brees and his greatness, I mean, he was great. Yeah. Uh, and, and an amazing human being as yeah, well. Yeah, he's nothing but a great guy, a class act who's done, you know, really nothing wrong in his career. And and did so much for the city of New Orleans and just absolutely. the kids in New Orleans and everyone growing up in that city, just giving them hope, especially through just Hurricane Katrina and that whole yeah. situation. And then, you know, a couple years later, them winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he is forever etched in history just with the city of New Orleans. I mean, he, they're forever in debt of Drew Brees. And you know what the saddest part about his career? Career is for me okay uh, is he never won an MVP and that wasn't that insane and that is so that's such a that's absurd justice because is. he is truly a Hall of Fame quarterback first and ballot on, absolutely one honestly, of the greatest of all time I think he is one of the greatest of all time but not a lot of people give him that credit but I, I really do believe and why, why do you there. think that is because I think I don't know if it's just him playing in, in New Orleans for a good I just amount of his career a in a dome I don't know I I don't think he has, here's, you're right, gotten the respect the uh, from a lot of NFL fans and analysts and just people in the game of football. I don't think he's gotten the respect uh, like Tom Brady has or Peyton Manning has. I don't think sometimes he's looked upon as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Well, and, th and this could be because, like I said, I'm 22 years old and, and I really watched these people growing up, right? 
But Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are two of probably the top two, if not top three players to ever play, you know, the quarterback position. Right. So, poor Drew Brees, he is obviously up there with them, with John Elway and with Dan Marino and Joe Montana and all of these guys. He's definitely up there, but he was always the third fiddle between or behind Peyton Manning and behind Tom Brady. Right. And not only just that, he's also, you know, at times been behind Ben Roethlisberger because he's... Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers, exactly. A lot of these, even Philip Rivers at times. Philip Rivers yeah. uh, a lot of times got a little bit more attention than Drew Brees, which I always thought was wrong. But, you know, it, it's too bad to see him probably calling it quits. It was kind of sad to see him exiting the tunnel one last time and he turned around and took that last look. Sad stuff, but... uh Congratulations to Drew Brees and Philip Rivers for having uh, some incredible careers. I will miss Philip Rivers whining on the sidelines <laughs> and talking. I know who's going to yell trash. "mother fudge" and yeah. you know "dog dog gamut" or yeah. "dog gummit." How, well, how does he say it? Whatever I don't know. he says. He, he said some wild things, and we're going to miss that. I'm going to miss him getting into it with Jay Cutler way back in the day. Back in the day, uh, yep. you know, two of the biggest wussies I think to ever play the quarterback position way back when. I mean, they would get into it. They would. And Griff, I have an incredibly important question for you, okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna put you as an Dad Gummit. That's the right Dad pronunciation. Dad Gummit. Dad Gummit. D A D G U M M I T. Dad Gummit. So Griff, I have a very important question here, and I'm gonna put you in the seat of an odds maker, okay? Okay. So you're in in the chair that Vegas is in. You got to set up the odds here. What are the odds that Philip Rivers has another kid? You know, I I would put. Why my whole life savings on that? I mean, why would you end at number nine? Because he has nine kids right now. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you not make it ten? Why would you not push that number to double digits? Because you know, you know what it is. He he gets sad after losing so many times year after year, and he's like, well, shoot, I'm not getting a Lombardi Trophy this season. Let's have another kid. So yeah. that's that, those are pretty much his Super Bowl rings, his children. Yeah. And he he's he should at least try for one more. Poor Philip Rivers. You know he. Uh... He, he's finally. I mean, his poor his, his poor wife, but yes, he should try for at least one more. He's finally pulling out of his NFL career. So yeah. you know, good for Philip Rivers. Congratulations to him, and congratulations to Drew Brees, who was probably going to retire. Yeah, greatness. I mean, they carried the league for many years, and I mean, two cities, San Diego and New Orleans. You know, I I know Philip Rivers hated the move from San Diego to L.A., and he was never a fan of that one. But I know uh, for a fact that San Diego and New Orleans for sure. Definitely those two cities are most grateful for those two quarterbacks. All right, Griff. So one last thing here for our listeners. Showcase Sports Media got a pretty, pretty cool opportunity. We got credentials with the Reese's Senior Bowl, and we are headed down to Mobile, Alabama for live coverage from Showcase Sports Media next week. Be tuned in. We're probably going to be putting out some coverage throughout the week on practices, possibly even some player interviews, possibly even some coach interviews. Definitely be going live, too, on probably all of our social media accounts. So be kind of just tuned in to those as well. Absolutely. Last year we were there and we got to interview Justin Herbert, Jonathan Grenard, a lot of really cool players. And this year we look to do the same. So pretty good, pretty good roster too that they have out there in the Senior Bowl. I think. Well, who do they have? Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Smith, Trey Sermon. There's a lot of really good talent down there this year. We're really excited to be able to head down to Mobile and be able to listen in with everything. So and and not to mention we will be joined by our football expert Isaac Gould, our fantasy 
football expert. He uh, knows a lot about the draft, does a lot of our draft stuff too. So we will be joined by Isaac Gould, who will be uh, kind of down there with us as well. Absolutely. So make sure you guys tune in next week. Some really exciting stuff going on. And again, check us out on social media at Showcase Sports Media. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And don't forget to check out our website as well. We'll be posting some stuff on there, showcasesportsmedia.com. And we also have some really cool merch going out right now if you guys want to check that out under our shop section. Well, that's going to be a wrap from us. Cheers from Showcase Sports Media. We'll see you next week. 